Hey there, you're listening to issue number 41 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I am your humble host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you haven't done so, enter into our contest for our Sunspots Comics Mystery Box. All you have to do is just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and then give us five stars and a short positive review on iTunes. Once you do those things, you are automatically entered to be the winner. The winner will be announced on May the 4th, 2016. So enter now. And to those of you who have already entered, I'm surprised at how many entries I already have. Thank you very, very much, and good luck to you. And some quick announcements before we get the show started. The first thing we go right into is a about 30-minute, less than 30-minute interview with Sunspots Comics insider Justin Latore, my son, who does the blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And he was nice enough to stop by and review Deadpool and The Walking Dead Season 6 Episode 9 uh, premiere with me. So it's about 15 minutes on each. So actually, let's just jump right into that and I'll get into the other stuff here very soon. So hope you enjoy that. Here it is. The And by the way, spoiler alert, because we do spoil Deadpool and Walking Dead. We try to keep it spoiler friendly, but there will be spoilers. So here you go. Hope you enjoy me and Justin reviewing Deadpool and The Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 9. Here you go. Okay, I'm here with Justin Latore, my son. How's it going, Justin? I'm doing all right. What's up? He is the Sunspots Comics Insider. He's writing the blog. Please follow it. Check it out. His uh, reading from time to time at blog.sunspotscomics.com. It's fun stuff. All about comic book movies and comic book TV shows, mostly. Yep. yep. So oh. wait, is that what you're calling it? Sunspots Comics Insider? Sure. Why not? Sounds awesome. fun. Just That's a good title to have. Came to the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and also follow him on Instagram at... Just LA Kings. J-U-S-T-L-A Kings. Right, and uh, we're going to talk about Deadpool, the movie, and the season, the, the uh, mid-season premiere, season six, episode nine of The Walking Dead. We're going to try to be spoiler-friendly, but here's your spoiler warning. It's probably going to happen. Spoilers, 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 because geez. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> that's our official, that's that's it, that's the review. Jeez, <laughs> Jeez. yes. yes. <laughs> All caps, exclamations. <laughs> That's it. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs> no, no, but let's start with Deadpool. I mean, wow. I, I saw it in a uh, in one of the, the dining theater experiences in Fullerton, which is really nice, with my wife, Patsy. And, you know, you can put the chairs up. You can put a light on to get some food. It was fantastic. Um, there was so much intense, loud laughing that it it carried over into some of the scenes. Like I want to see it again immediately because Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds likes to kind of whisper in some parts, well, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw it. I guess I saw it on Thursday night at midnight. So I saw it the night it came out. So the theater was packed. It was absolutely packed. Um, so yeah, when when some of the comedy was going was going on, you'd laugh and you know it'd, it'd be funny. The only thing like. Uh, my only complaint, and it's not even really a complaint, is that it was so funny that you couldn't hear some of the lines. So, I mean, I obviously want to see it again, but it was so good. It was just Well, amazing. I had that same experience. I was in the second row, and the, and the laughing was so loud that, yeah, it, it took over. Yeah. And so I definitely want to see it again. But, I mean, there was so much in this movie. It was so jam-packed with so much stuff. I mean, ultimately, the biggest punch was the comedy. Well, yeah, I mean... um, uh, for me, I think that was my expectation, was that it was going to be uh, like a, it was going to be a, a superhero comedy, and there's really no other superhero movies out there like that. Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy is close, but even then, that's like you know that's 
st- on the on the edge of Star Wars. Type, <laughs> if, if you, you look know. at comparing, right, that seems Guardian seems so now so almost G rated compared yeah. to this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. The 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 R, they could not have done this as good if it wasn't R rated though, because if it was PG thirteen, this movie would have been something else, and I I wouldn't have liked it. I could already tell. Yeah, I mean, they just had the freedom to let loose and drop the F-bombs, and it was it was casual, and it wasn't so over-the-top. Yeah. Where, you, you know, I just thought, like, oh, they're, you know, gosh, they're just, just overusing the F-word. F-word yeah. or, you know, I never thought that. No, it was it was so perfect. Uh, the, use of, the use of cussing and, I guess, the use of profanity and, I guess, physical comedy mm-hmm. was so natural. You know what I mean? You just kind of accepted it as it was as it was going, and Deadpool is like that in the comics, so it's... It, to me, it goes all down to Ryan Reynolds' acting. Because if he wasn't, you know, cut loose and free range to do all this goofy, you know, freaking, I don't know how to explain it, like, just raunchy stuff. Mm-hmm. Raunchy. Yeah, I guess that's a great word, yeah. Uh-huh. Raunchy, raunchy stuff. It wouldn't have been Deadpool. And so Ryan Reynolds, I give mad props to. He was really good as Deadpool. It was awesome. Yeah, I think, too, that um, for the most part, Deadpool isn't a rated R comic book character. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think it's truly tapping in and taking further what, what people love about Deadpool. Yeah. It's taking it to that next level. Because fan the, service. The, yeah, fan service. even beyond that, it's a, it's a very specific sort of fan service, but smart in that it's going to play to a larger audience. Yes. People are going to love this. Anyone that loves a rated R comedy. Yeah, yeah. A, a raunchy rated R comedy is going to love this. All the people that have gone to see Hangover... In the movie sure. theater? They're oh all my going. gosh, they're all, yeah. They're I mean, it already, pa- what was, the, it was Hangover before this. Yeah. It beat the record already, right? It's like 150 million yeah. opening weekend. Oh my gosh. Crazy numbers. But uh, it was just, it was just so jam packed, full of awesomeness. The action, I think, was probably so freaking, I guess, close to the comics. It was, it was really, 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 really good and clear. You could see every movement of Deadpool and every, you know, every bullet that hit him, every stab. It was, it was great. The use of practical effects, like, you know Cyclops, I mean, uh, Colossus wasn't, I mean, he's fully CG, yeah, but yeah. otherwise, the use of the practical effects was pretty good. That whole bridge scene, and I guess it's the first half of the movie, right? Because that's, technically, that's what takes yeah. place. That whole bridge scene was just freaking fantastic. Bloody mess full of car crashes and explosions and gunshots and... It was just, it was just so awesome. Well, I had an early concern that the fragmented story, story, you know, the the style of it, yeah. storytelling style, kind was going to fiction esque, was going know? to bug me and be an issue. But no, but it, no they they didn't. balanced it properly and moved on with the story when you sort of really wanted it to move on, yeah. and then slow down or cut away when there was like, okay, you've sort of had enough of that scene. The the pacing and the timing was like it was, top yeah, notch. It was really good. Um, you, you kind of wanted to know more about his past life, and I didn't expect that to, to I guess, for me to want to learn more about, is is the love, the love, right. you know, the love story. I, I I knew it was a thing, a big deal in the trailers. You know, it was going to be kind of a big deal, and it's it wasn't, to me, watching the trailer, it wasn't going to be completely comedy. It was going to be, like, a little bit of a romance story, kind of. And so... Coming into this movie and actually seeing that love story between Marina Basarin and and Ryan Reynolds' characters, it was it just added to the multiple levels of greatness that this movie was. Yeah. It was it was really good. The, the many multiple onion layers. layers. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought the 
again, I, I think I was probably concerned about the love story aspect. And they made it, though, a unique st- love story. You, they, they actually kind of twisted it, and it wasn't, like, very cliche. I mean, yeah. there, there were kind of a couple of weirdos that loved each other. Yeah, and that was the whole point. A couple of horny weirdos, I guess. And, <laughs> and it, just, it just worked. You actually felt like their chemistry was, yeah, was, was genuine. Really and you, you end up fun. caring for them as, as a couple. You know, you want them to... To succeed, and I—that was definitely not one thing I was expecting from this movie—is is to yeah. actually care about the love story, and like, like really want to just kind of focus on that almost. You know what I mean? Him as Deadpool obviously was the best part, but I mean that was definitely the secondary. I think the meat and potatoes. You know what I mean? It was—it was definitely a good, good factor to add to this movie. It was really good. I, I thought a core element of the of the success of this movie was creating a truly just hateable bad guy. <laughs> right, um, you you really want to see this bad guy be destroyed in in a in, we'll in, in a fantastic way. Yeah, and so they really did a good job job of building up Ajax and how he made fun of him was <laughs> was fantastic. I mean, there's we could say that, but there's 20 quips and maybe 30 super, things that he says that he... to make fun of Ajax and yeah. the character that he doesn't until oh, you know man. we don't know as Ajax until yeah. he introduces himself as yeah. Ajax. There, that that whole scene. Where he's, uh, where he's being tortured, you know, and all that kind of stuff. He, um, where he just wants him to say his name, you know. Yeah, what I mean, he wants him to him say Ajax, he and he won't, won't even do that. You know, what I mean, yeah. like it would have been so simple for him to just say his name, like Ajax, you know. But he want he had to say his real name, which was Francis, and like made fun of him. <laughs> if he would have just said Ajax, he would have he wouldn't have looked like the way Deadpool. And that, I think that goes with the character. You know what I mean? It just built him even further. And it was just such a good character development to see that like happen to him. Well, you know, it, it he was unforgiving with it. The Wade Wilson character, I like that, because he could have like learned better lessons in life and had a much easier yeah. road if he just say would have compromised and not have been that yeah. smart ass and. Douche, yeah. But he stuck to his guns, and he knows that in his life there's, there's going to be times where he's going to pay for that. <laughs> but he stays true to his guns, and he yeah. was unrelenting with it, with his humor and his attitude. Yes, it was, I loved it. It was perfect. He, again, it goes back to Ryan Reynolds just being so perfect for it. You know what I mean? I think he, I don't know how much free reign he had in this movie, like just to ad lib stuff. Because I mean, there had to have been. I want to see the blooper reel. Because the blooper reel must have been freaking phenomenal. Too bad I just read an article not ten minutes ago that said that there will not be a director's cut. No, you just uh, felt like, oh, oh, maybe that's a, a a good sign and actually that they that left they, in everything. Yeah, they. You know, and sometimes you see director's cuts and you're like, oh, I should have left that in. Yeah. Oh, they, maybe well, they found that it, they stayed true and they they didn't need it. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, it was it was kind of a short movie. It felt short. It was like an hour and forty minutes long, right? Like most superhero movies now, it's two hours you know it felt that way but i think it was the right amount of time it might have just been how fast paced it was you know what i mean because it does it from start to finish it's just going and you're laughing the whole time and the action is consistent and it's so it might have just been that you were just like oh my gosh i want more Mm -hmm. you know so i it was again though it just it all comes down to i think how amazing ryan reynolds did it was just so good yeah and i mean let's let's talk for a second about the probably 4,000 Easter eggs plugged into this. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> one that I, I... Two that I knew right off the bat, and I know there's so many more, I didn't look them up yet. One was that they were on a Harrier, uh, uh, you know, the... 
the they're on a what is it the helijet the harrier the, oh it was a carrier. The, the the shield the ones that all blew yeah. up in Captain yeah, America yeah they were on one yeah they had big holes in the in the center <laughs> of it yeah and and if you looked you could see the turbine jets I was yeah, like okay. okay and the number two was the Hydra agent Bob. That I he, didn't he's all Bob. Yeah, you, you oh, saw that. Oh yes, part. yes, yes. <laughs> That's yeah. in a comic. I remember him uh, having a buddy that was and a Hydra he just, agent. He just knocks him out. <laughs> yeah, and there was always that sort of like, well, you are a bad guy, and I got to punch you in the face. There was always that. <laughs> and he was in there, and I thought how cool that he's a reference to. I'd like to. I will look that up and what what issue, issue of Deadpool yeah. that, and he's in there. But it's Bob, his his Hydra buddy. <laughs> I'd have to say my favorite Easter egg, and it's the first one you see. I don't even think it really counts as an Easter egg. It's just kind of a little laugh moment. Is in the beginning, in the opening credits, when it's all like oh. slow motion yeah. and like all the stuff's flying around the car, and you see like a little trading card with Ryan Reynolds as the Green Lantern. Yeah. And he's like holding the ring up. Like, I died. I think that was the first thing I laughed at, and it was it didn't stop from there. It was oh my gosh. They make fun of themselves in this. Like it was so funny. Fifteen <laughs> times from the. Uh, from the action figure, yes, of, of, of the, original Deadpool from, from Wolverine. Oh, the terrible. I, I wanted to look that up and see if that action figure actually exists. Like Dude. I think I want that. To the um, <laughs> the sexiest man alive, People yeah. magazine, from Hugh Jackman in it. Yeah, to, oh. to actually Ryan Reynolds on the cover. Like they make fun of themselves. Yeah. And the fourth wall. I mean, the, it, it was done right. It, it was, was done, done real right. good. I think Patsy at one point looked at me like, like. That's weird that he's he's talking to like us. I could see yeah. it was strange, and I like mentioned to her, I'm like, yeah, he in the he comic does he does that. He like they talk to us. They break that fourth wall. Like it's very normal. But it was fun. It was it was cool. real fun. And and I think they like they did that right. You know, because you can overplay that, and it could be yeah, annoying. Absolutely. And they did it so so well and very. I honestly kind of wish there was a little bit more because there there That's wasn't smart. a lot. Yeah, but they didn't overplay it and they did it right. So it was good. I would say that's one of the biggest genius elements of this movie is they took a lot of things that could have been annoying, could have been a yes. mess, could have been really cliche with a love, a and they just played the right amount of yeah, it to where the, the sequel cards, is, right? is announced. We know it's going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, oh my yeah. gosh, the the end credit scene. You can't. Yeah, you it's not stay. even. It's just not stay. even like. Because it doesn't have anything to really do with like the next movie. No. It's just hilarious. Yeah, we won't tell you what it is, but uh, <laughs> definitely stay after the credits. All definitely. the way through until the lights come on. Yeah. Stay. Yeah. Just trust us. And it's funny, and it's just goofy. And it's really good. That fourth wall stuff and the Easter eggs. I mean, I have to look up. There's probably a gazillion of them. Probably, I from bet. the Easter eggs. I mean, X-Men, you think of X-Men. Oh, like when he punches Colossus in the privates. Yeah. And he references, oh, your poor wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, man. He's talking about... He's talking about... Uh, Kitty Pride. That's his wife. That's yeah, his wife. I, I didn't know that. That's I'm I'm almost 100 percent on Your that. Poor wife. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nerds, well, there's I'm sorry, a, but... there's a whole part where Deadpool goes to them at the the X Men mansion, and he knocks on the door and goes like, you know, oh, like how come you guys are always? Whenever I come here, you're the only two here. And he looks at the camera and goes, that's because the the studio couldn't yeah, afford any other X Men. And oh, I mean, they my love gosh. They, they're they're zinging. They're, they yeah. got zingers on making themselves. fun of the studio. Yeah, <laughs> making fun of themselves. And so I think that's uh, that that says it all, don't you? Yeah. I'm definitely going to see it again. I'm definitely yes. going to purchase it on Blu-ray. Yes. Uh, I, I find myself wanting more Deadpool paraphernalia and yeah. comics. So it, it's it's doing a great job of, of wanting. See, I know you're a big fan of Hot Toys. Did mm -hmm. you see his Hot Toy? Uh, it looks good. It looks really Hot good. Hot Toys is amazing. I mean, the detail is ridiculous. Uh, is it a deluxe one where it comes with multiple faces and heads? I, I comes didn't see. I just saw. I think I've it seen standing, just a... and it was. It looked so good. It was really good. Yeah, well, I'm hoping can... that they have one with him without a mask, 
you know, just that meat face, you know. They like, should. I know Hot Toys has had problems with licensing actual yeah. actors, like the, uh, the the Amazing Spider-Man toy and, and that actor. Yeah, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. They did it for Amazing One, and then he didn't give yeah, them approval for Part Two. So I don't know. They've had some issues with paying people for their likeness, but either way, it looks so true to the to the costume at least. You know what I mean? The costume looked perfect, and so I I, I if you're gonna get a Hot Toy, I get that one because that one's freaking awesome. I would say since Guardian of the, Guardians of the Galaxy, there hasn't been a comic book movie that has felt that made you feel this good and yeah. inspired you to get stuff. Yes. So I, I can't give it a higher A-plus rating. Um, to me, this is probably um, the most fun I've had with a comic book movie where, like, I I guess, yeah, Guardians, but uh, I, I think this comes up past Guardians. It's a little bit better than Guardians, in my opinion. Hey, you know, they're two different things, right? But, uh, you got yeah, raunchy and definitely. you got cleaner family yeah. fun. But uh, if I had to rank it, it's second behind the original Avengers. You know what I mean? It's so close to that. There. It's so good. It's really, really good. I sort of give it its own category. Yeah, you can't really <laughs> You know, it's like it. it's just it's raunchy comic book yeah, movie. It's its you, own. You like, can't really categorize so it. So it's one of one. It's, yeah. it's A plus of, of being on top, yes. of the, on top of the hill all by itself. Awesome. But uh, there you go. There's there's our review of a Deadpool. Go <laughs> see that immediately. So now let's jump into Walking Dead, season oh, six. Boy. I mean, episode nine. We got the the the, the premiere uh, last night of the the mid season premiere. And yeah. let me tell you, was it more than an hour long? It felt it felt so long. This felt like a complete movie. Yeah. Like, the, they could have probably fit, like, a whole movie plot into that episode without us even really knowing. Like, it was just so... I was seriously on the edge of my seat the whole episode. It was nuts. It was so well done, so well paced, and it had such heartfelt emotion. I mean, there were... So, ultimately, just short recap, uh, Alexandria is... Uh, the the um, post outside of Alexandria crashed and yeah. destroyed the wall, and the that mega church. herd is on its way in. The mega herd. Yeah. The uh, the wolves are all but gone except for lone wolf. Like one, the lone wolf. <laughs> the lone wolf. Yeah. I'll with call the, him with the jacked up teeth. So you, you sort of have like six little mini stories going all at one time with Glenn still trying to get there get and in. save yeah and save Maggie. You've got well you have the lone wolf sort of aspect yeah, trying to get and out. Carol. Yeah, and then you have what Carol. You okay. had you had um, Tara and Rosita and Eugene kind of right. trapped, yeah. and then you had um, Rick. Carl yeah. and his girlfriend's two kids and, and you know they're trying to get out so they can draw all the zombies away right that part alone I never thought could actually be done in the you know what I mean that whole because I don't remember what issue that was of the Walking Dead but this actually happens in the comic yes and and where his girlfriend uh, Jesse she actually gets mangled by zombies and her two kids yeah. I think it was only one kid in the comic though there weren't. I don't think there was. It two. was just Ron. Yeah, it was just Ron. Though. Yeah, there wasn't the, the little kid. That's right. Yeah, Sam didn't exist. But uh, forgive us if we're. I mean, it's yeah been years. <laughs> but it's uh, crazy that the comics. This is like the eleventh or twelfth year, if I remember. Yeah. So, th- those are things in the comic that happened five, six years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking two thousand ten. So it's for me very easy to forget yeah. the particulars in comparison. Yeah. So you're not going to get that from me anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I remember it so clearly. It's my favorite comic book ever so but uh 
I never thought that that could actually be done. Like, I never thought they'd actually shoot Carl's eye out. I I disagree. I thought they completely would. I thought pretty much everything that's going to happen in yeah. the comic book is probably going to happen on well, in, the, in the show. The only thing that I was when I think I told you this when I saw the the episode I texted you. I, I said if they weren't gonna get rid of Rick's hand, then I don't. I didn't <laughs> think that they would get rid of Carl's eye. But then I had a revelation as I was sending that text. I was like, oh, well, they could just put. An eye patch on yes. Chandler Riggs, that actor. Right, or they, have, of or they have all the money. They can CG anything yeah. they want. <laughs> they well, have all I the mean, money. <laughs> think of how simple that is, though. You have to put a green glove on Andrew Lincoln every episode, and he can't touch anything with that hand. You know what I mean? They're so, going to do it. Mark my words, folks. Uh, I, I mean, happening. I kind of hope they do, because, man, that would just elevate the story. Major so spoiler well. again, though, of course, if you haven't gone that far into the comic yeah. or anything. Anyway... But it's going to happen. But yeah, I thought I thought that was that's bold because now they, he does have to wear an eye patch and the rest of the series the until rest this, of the enti- yeah, until until it's over at season eight. I uh, don't say that because <laughs> I mean I know it's season six and like like it's it feels like it's been around for a long time now you know but I still don't want it to end. No. And like that's that that's such a weird kind of feeling because when when I I don't know me watching a lot of TV shows I've watched a lot. Especially like you know older TV shows like Smallville, where it just gets worse as it keeps going. <laughs> you know this has just gotten better. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it reaches a point on some TV shows where they just go too long in the tooth, right? And they're yeah. making stuff up. This has an like an endless amount of source material. Yeah. So you could see this going on for Forever. 10, 12 years. I mean, honestly, like there's gonna be. A, I know there's gonna be a point, and it's gonna be the sad day. Where it's just gonna be like it jumps the shark. You think so? And I, I mean, it's either gonna jump it the shark. It hasn't jumped the shark. Well, yeah. you know what? In the comic, some people say that it jumped the shark. Yeah. Allowing, and this is going way far ahead, folks. Yeah, into Walking Dead, so major to... spoiler. If it, by leaving Negan alive. Yeah. They, they, people were like, "That's it." I, I, from the comic book community, people jumped out at that point. I didn't because it made sense to me. It was a complex decision. Which now they live in a more complex world yeah. to keep him alive. Well, but anyway, we're jumping out. You got to the... remember though that the show, it's uh, it's running on a different track. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's and parallel. Out of order and, it's yeah. parallel, yet it's it's not the same. Yeah, it, no, it's all over so, the place. I um, mean, even the the tale of these events from from Carl losing his eye and the hand getting yeah. chopped off. I don't even want to say those were within the same. No, time. they were. So there's all kinds of difference. When Rick, when Rick loses his hand, they were in the prison. Yeah, yeah. So so we can't. So anyway, let's stick back on track, back to the yeah. show, because it, it can just get it, muddled like, <laughs> and messy when you try to. We can talk it to about this stuff all day, me and you. So. <laughs> but back to the issue. I thought, what a feverish pace. I mean, it was. I, I thought it was the best part about it ultimately was the six little side stories all coming together to yeah. one main unified story to the last stand of Alexander. Oh man, that that scene was just so crazy good. It was it was it, you finally kind of see the group that Rick has been kind of doubting this whole time come together, and you're kind of like yes, like finally they and finally you, listen. You kind of you kind of get that feeling where you're like. Like, oh my gosh, like it's so it's heartwarming in a deeply weird way. You know what I mean? Because now everyone's kind of coming together as a family and kind of, you know, reuniting as a community and being really close together, you know, close-knit group. And from now on, it'll be like that forever, hopefully. But uh, it, you, you get that heartwarming feeling, but you're like, oh my gosh, they're still killing zombies and dying. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. so... 
Well, you know what's crazy? That is a direct reflection to the comic. Because do yes. you remember years and years and years ago when I first started collecting Walking Dead, I read, I, I told you this, I said, well, there are times where, like, it's hard for me to read The Walking Dead because it is so lack of hope. Yeah. And it's so dreadful. And people are dying and people they care about are, are, are getting destroyed. And, and the zombie aspect seems to be overwhelming. But yeah. there are times where they show that, that hope. Yeah. And that come together, and that feeling of like, okay, we can rise up, we can do this. Yeah, it happens in this. I remember, issue. I remember right around, if if the show and the comic were paralleled, right around the time where this is happening in Alexandria in the comic, I remember you telling me you were like, yeah. I don't know if I can read this anymore. Maybe I gotta stop. Like he, he was he was getting into like a dark place almost. You know what I mean? So I remember him telling me he's like, I don't know if I'm gonna keep reading this. Like. And so I, I might just stop. And you, I remember he held on for a couple more issues, mm -hmm. and then this happened. Right. And you were like, okay. All right. Like, I'm back on. Because I, I mean, if you know me, I'm a person that is full of hope, and I like the brighter side of things. And when it goes too dark for too long, I get yeah. fatigued by it. And I just need that little and spark of humanity, that little spark of hope. And yeah. it gave you that in in spades, yes. right? I think, I think that's just, you know, paying tribute to the genius that Robert Kirkman has wrote into this book. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he keeps you just on that teetering edge of like you know just dire depressed feelings too. Yeah, where oh my dreadful. gosh, like it, it's it's so happy now. You know what I mean? Like so for me, I think I was always kind of teetering on like yeah, just keep killing people. Like I was in that kind of dark place for a long time, and so now like now in the show, it's kind of like okay, everything's kind of coming together. But Carl lost an eye, so it's kind of like. You're still. Oh yeah, and the Negan group is is oh, just boy. is they're just hanging in the in the in the shadows waiting for this to. They're, who knows what they're doing? They're just waiting for everything to be calm and relaxed, or yeah. at the lowest moment, and they'll just walk in. I I actually <laughs> stood up and cheered for two parts of this show. I, I didn't tell you this, but I actually like yelled like yes by yourself while by you're watching, myself this, watching this at home. Yeah, and uh, so oh man, the first one was when the Negan group is robbing. Daryl and Abraham Holy and Sasha moly. and I was just nervous like oh my gosh one I of them is gonna they're, die they're gonna die yeah, yeah one of them time. is gonna die I thought I and thought what happens there without us telling you oh my gosh I I stood up and yelled <laughs> I was I was so freaking pumped once yeah. that happened I was just I was pumped and then the second time it was a Rambo moment it was a it was, it was a, a it was a command it was a commando moment uh, you know it was Rambo yeah, it was, it was commando perfect. it was yeah and like once once that happened I was like oh yeah I had that revelation where I was like, oh, and so we do that whole time. Like, oh, yeah, that happened in the comic. Happened, Duh. Yeah. So, um, so after that, I think my other like cheering moment was when, uh, should I spoil this part? I mean, it's not too. I'm trying to say spoiler light, but I know. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just say someone doesn't die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who I thought like, oh, this is the it. This is yeah, the end. This is the end. And he doesn't die. I was so happy. Once, oh, well, you know what though? Really, really, when you think about it, there was like four of those moments in this. I know, but you know the big one I'm talking right, right. about. But I felt there was another couple of big ones, yeah. which depending on how much you like a character, you know. So everyone was in peril. You really, truly felt like this Danger, is this going down. You felt da like, yeah, it felt I like honestly, a season ending. It felt yeah, like, right. I honestly felt, I honestly felt like none of the actors are safe. You know what I mean? Like, not like, as not we like, should, because that's the way the comic like, is. Like, I felt like anyone, at least in this episode, like, Rick could die. Yeah, anyone in this episode <laughs> could have died. You know, yeah. and, and it would have just been like, oh, well, that guy died this episode. This yeah, so, and you kind of have to accept <laughs> that throughout the you whole You know, there, there wasn't a moment where I thought, 
no one's dying in this. This is mid-season. Yeah. No. Yeah. I didn't think that. I thought, like, <laughs> we could have some deaths here. Yeah. Well, I once thought, once Jesse and all them, you know, got yeah. mangled, I was like, oh, boy. Like, now anyone could die. Like, they're not holding back. The kid got killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, boy. So yeah. it was just it was just a true testament to paying tribute to the comic book, I think. It was perfect. Yes. You know what I mean? I have to say, cinematography-wise... The scene of like the feverish pitch of fighting from the entire town, yes, it was. and where they actually blacked the backgrounds out and just had a dimly lit character swinging yeah. in furious anger, like yeah. that was such, such a beautiful piece of cinematic um, art. You know, it was gorgeous. You know who directed it, right? It was Greg Nicotero. Yeah, Greg, he's and getting better and he, better. He seriously, like any episode, I think he directs. You just you just see how much he actually loves this series. You know what I mean? He, I mean he's a makeup artist, so obviously yeah. he loves making zombies. His but, story is amazing, right? I mean they went through a bunch of directors that all yes. weren't liking Robert Kirkman apparently, quote unquote. Yeah. And Kirkman is this, you know, master of the of the of the material and yeah. was unforgiving to all these directors that kept dropping off like flies. And then Frank all of a sudden, Darabont, I think is the biggest and, one. And here we go. Like Greg Nicotero, Nicotero, the guy that was a special effects Greg artist. Greg Nicotero and Scott Gimple, right? Yeah, Those are the, Gimple that's, the, that's the pair too, who was a writing. He was a guy just in the writing room. Right. Oh and gosh. now he's the senior writer. Oh, like man. it's, it's now it's found its, its sweet spot, right? Yeah. It's it. They know what they're doing. They're, they're on all cylinders, just, pumping out good material and such well-paced beautiful cinematography the only thing i like i fear from this point on is, is how the walking th- dead no. <laughs> <laughs> no. it's how they're gonna keep it up you know what i mean they, oh, they we said that in season i two. know and it's weird that i keep saying it like they just don't come to this point where it's like oh man they can't top that and here they are and, and here we, they are we said that in season two i think I, i'm We're pretty like, sure i've said it like four this? or five times I like know. i don't even remember the last so, so they that keep being doing said, it, folks. they keep doing it. I just, I just hope that they keep this up. It's such a good show. If you're, if you haven't watched it, one through five, season one through five is on Netflix. You yeah. can get caught up so easily. Go get caught up. So I know Uncle Bob and Ashley are actually getting caught up right now. They're on season five, and they were gonna awesome. come. So. Hey, Uncle Bob and Ashley. Hey, Uncle Bob and Ashley. <laughs> so yeah, keep watching it. But uh, that's that's I think that's gonna do it. That's gonna are gonna be our review on both. And I'm sure Justin's gonna write about it on your blog. Yes. So tune in there, blog.sunspotscomics.com. He's yeah. gonna be writing stuff about this soon. Yeah, I wrote I wrote a piece on uh, the Deadpool. It's my non-spoiler the trailer. Deadpool. So on yeah on the Deadpool. <laughs> I wrote a I wrote a piece on that. It's a, a non-spoiler review. It's just like my my like my thoughts i guess trying not to ruin it for anyone you can so, do a you can do a spoiler heavy review too you think i i mean I, this is kind of the spoiler heavy review yeah true. so i mean at the end of the article actually i posted something to come and listen to this issue nice. this issue so well i definitely like to i would personally like to see what you're going to write on your blog about these two things so i hope you yeah. do i'll do uh, one on the walking dead so yeah you should do one on deadpool too i think a spoiler like a spoiler to... spoilerific one yeah spoilerific right. one do yeah, it i mean i'll but... do it That'd be nice because uh, everyone's going to see this. Yeah, uh, the numbers show that all of you oh have already seen it. So I, you know what I, I thought on my way out of the movie theater though, as I was thinking like, oh man, like no parent is gonna freaking <laughs> the parents are going to be hor- horrified as they walk out of the theater with their little kids. Their little kids are gonna be cussing and swe- and they won't oh. understand some of it. I don't gotta yeah. understand what. The- why is it in this butter? You know, it's just going to be... It just, <laughs> they have to just just uh, wait. Sorry, yeah. kids. <laughs> so, yeah, check out uh, check out blog.sunspotscomics.com to check stuff? out some me, some some of my opinions on some stuff. Uh, I mean, 
Nice. Completely subjective. I don't know if you guys will like my opinion, but I mean, I obviously don't care. So. Hey, you're you're getting <laughs> you're getting better at it. You know, yeah. it's a new thing for you, so just keep doing it, and you're getting better every time. And yeah. and uh, it's fun to have you there. So thanks again yeah. for participating. Thanks for jumping in and doing these uh, reviews with me. It's no been a lot problem. of fun. No problem. So there you go, folks. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was fun. Always fun having Justin in on the podcast. So thanks again, Justin. And also, Zombie Destroyers, number 13 announcement. And I'm actually still working on the inking of page 1 and 2. I have to say, inking is difficult, but fun. And Jordan Hudson, the artist of Zombie Destroyers, our comic book, you can find him on Instagram, at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. He is now just about wrapping up penciling on page 4, starting to ink page 4, and starting on page 5. So... Only need to get to page 22, which is crazy. It's actually going at a much better pace than I could have expected. So thanks again, Jordan Hudson, for all of your fantastic art. So that's the latest on the up-and-coming comic book that I've created, Zombie Destroyers, coming soon to a local comic book shop near you. So without further ado, let's jump right into Podcast 41, and away we go. So this week, I actually have no uh, Spider-Sense tingling. I've actually just got two comic book feel-good factoid freebies. So here you go. The first one comes from USA Today. And it was just kind of funny and interesting that the company Amazon, the mega conglomerate Amazon, actually wrote a zombie apocalypse clause into its terms of service, and here's why. So I'll, of course, share all of my comic book feel-good factoid freebies on the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But ultimately, it says that Amazon has this software that you can use for free to kind of design video games and design other things, like self-driving cars. They tell you you can use it uh, for various things, but you can't use it for a zombie apocalypse only if the CDC has come forward with a statement saying that we are in a zombie apocalypse. So there's actual fine print in the Amazon terms of service that states that they're prepared and they have made some arrangements for things, software, programs that are all made from Amazon uh, to be used or not used in the case of a zombie apocalypse. So, I don't know. I, kind of, I thought it was funny. that, And then, you know, the CDC in 2011, they uh, released some information about if there was an actual outbreak and what to do and in comic book form. So, it's interesting that these companies are embracing the possibility of a zombie outbreak. So, there you go. And the second comic book feel-good factoid freebie comes from the stanfordnews.edu titled Stanford engineers have good news for Stephen Colbert it is plausible to climb like spider-man so I guess Stephen Colbert a few weeks back on his late show said that it's not possible that there was like the University of Cambridge that came forward and said that spider-man wouldn't be possible because the limbs would have to be eight feet long each limb well Stanford has said no there's some new technology coming out that could use these adhesive pads covering about 40% of uh, your body with extended limbs but not the crazy length that Colbert was discussing so it's just interesting that like two major colleges Cambridge and now Stanford are actually spending time finding if it's possible to there for there to actually be a spider-man <laughs> i thought that's just great so i'll share this article it made me laugh it made me laugh again and right now so that is my second and final comic book feel good factoid freebie so fun stuff right there 
Well, now let's jump right into my favorite part of the comic books part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my review of comic books. And this week I reviewed Eleven, so smaller. For this is for the tenth, actually. Yeah, the tenth was a new comic book day, February tenth. And I tell you, it was uh, it was tougher to pick the top picks this week. I actually picked six, so that's a good ratio. That is beyond fifty percent. So good job, comic books. I like to at least keep my brand new comics that come out every week to uh, the pick list, hopefully being about 50%. So it went beyond that this week. So six out of the 11 made top picks of the week. And please, I hope uh, my recommendations here inspire you to go to a local comic book shop, buy them on paper, because I've always told you I'm always about the paper. And this week's comics were just a lot of fun, fantastic, a good mix of, of a different kind of and kinds and styles and just a lot of fun i, I like when comics uh, go a little all over the place because i'm a little all over the place so please check these out at a local comic book shop or, and check out sunspotscomics.com because i do list my pick of the weeks my picks of the week since back all the way to may of 2015 so you can see all of those listed there even just my comic book picks of the week is listed there click on uh, the comic books of the week is the link there. So go to sunspotscomics.com and you get a chance. So jumping right in, before, of course, spoiler alert, I do review these comic books. I've read them all thoroughly, once, twice, three times, sometimes four times, and I will spoil them. I'll try not to give away just everything, of course, so you can still go and buy it. But if you're a, kind of a person like me that likes zero spoilers mostly, then uh, maybe come back after you've read these, but definitely pick them up, buy them on paper. They are fantastic stuff. Quick couple of mentions. The art cover of the week was Greg Tuccini for Low, number 11. Just beautiful of all these hands grabbing one of the main characters. And uh, the purple look of the hands is just kind of creepy and beautifully drawn. And you see one of the twin characters there just being overcome by all these hands and it's just and she's upside down so it's you just can't help but look at it a lot and well drawn by Greg Tocchini from Low number 11 which I'll talk about more because it didn't made it didn't make the pick of the week list and the art winner was uh, this artist was uh, just gorgeous um, for his art on Batman uh, the the also made picks of the week pick of the week for Batman 49, artist, uh, his name is Yannick Paquette. And you have to give props to colors from Nathan Fairbairn. Uh, letters, no, uh, there we go. The uh, were inks by Walter Simonson and colored by Laura Martin. So a three team, three part team there to the gorgeous art that, that Paquette did in this series of Batman number 49. So check that out. Art is gorgeous. It's very much in the J.H. Williams style, which did Batwoman and and many other things. But J.H. Williams is an amazing artist, and you can see Paquette's influence here of J.H. Williams. And it's just gorgeous. Walter Simonson doing the inks and the colors it, it are just fantastic. There's a lot of that uh, the panels are in bubble and the panels all are over the place in different shapes and sometimes just no panel it's gorgeous very stylized style of work the facial features the emotion well done and I'll talk a little bit more about that but that's the uh, the cover winner and art winner for this week uh, number ones I like to always discuss when number ones come out there were zero number ones so a week of no new number ones which is fine 
And uh, oh, and another last quick mention is a series that I just tried and picked up from Dynamite called Black Cross. And Black Cross is by Warren Ellis and art by Colton Worley. I guess issue number six came out in November of last year. I found this way late uh, in, uh, in a comic book shop out in West Covina. I got to give them a little shout out, JPM Comics in West Covina. And they happen to have issue one and two there, so I grabbed it. And I may do a review on this because it was really, really good. Again, that's Black Cross by Warren Ellis. Because, come on, Warren Ellis it really does just absolute stellar, fantastic work. If you're familiar with his stuff, uh, what, like Moon Knight comes right into mind that I just loved when he just, just recently did Moon Knight, Warren Ellis. But uh, Black Cross, I may be reviewing that soon. Just a quick mention, I'm going to be checking it out. I did read one and two and dig it. It's kind of... um. A story about this strange town that has supernatural things happening in it also mixed in with a witness protection program with a, a guy that's in the witness protection program from Ratten on the Mafia and so interesting little mix and there is a sort of medium a psychic medium that's that's already seeing visions of all these crazy things that are going to be happening in this town and it's setting up some new characters there's a supernatural like character that Seems like he has Superman like powers, but he's walked he walked out of the swamp and he has like a, a tattered uh, United States flag wrapped around him and he's like impenetrable a car smashes into him and the car just like smashed and he just stood there So setting up some characters setting up some strange events, but a mixture of the supernatural and the witness protection program and how a person's dealing with that at the same time and how People in small towns always seem like their little small town has supernatural <laughs> uh, things happen in it, which he says a few times in there. So, uh, just to mention that, Black Cross, I'm going to be checking that out. But anyway, back to the list. I've got 11 comic books, and six of them made the top picks. And last spoiler warning. And so, here we go. Coming in at number six is Limbo from Image Comics, Limbo number four. Uh, writer Dan Waters, artist Casper Wingard, who I just love his art and lettering by Jim Campbell. This starts off in this gorgeous action suite sequence in a swamp at night, or like dusk, versus an alligator, versus our main character in an alligator, and it's just a lot of fun. The alligator's purple, everything is pink and yellow and these crazy colored tones but it's in a swamp like in New Orleans at night our main character versus an alligator just exciting exciting and frightening at the same time and then it kind of takes a trip into the psychedelic gets a little trippy there for a minute when his sidekick is trying to reach the like the lowest sphere where she can have some advice on how to help our main character he has kind of amnesia he's kind of a private detective He's uh, going after this main drug lord that wears a luchador mask. There's just a lot of things happening in this, and it's just a lot of fun. And it definitely makes New Orleans look beautiful and make you want to go there with the nightlife and the neon lights. And and it's just a, it's a crazy little trippy story. And, and some new characters are entered in here to just further the weird of what's happening in this comic. These sort of alligator teeth-like swamp people. <laughs> and... He was about to be tortured by this group. It looks like he went after the drug dealer directly and they they sort of caught him and threw him into the swampy pit to fight the alligator. He managed to get out of that, but now he's fighting these alligator teeth uh, people, which is strange. And they were going to have a sacrifice and eat somebody. He spoiled that. And then some crazy giant octopus monsters coming up behind him like, ah, look out behind you. So a lot of fun, action-packed, twisted 
weird, and I love it. And coming in at number five is uh, DC Comics, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three from the partnership of DC Comics and IDW. And you have uh, the team, which is on the splash page, which is weird, right? When they put the team on the splash page. Script by James Tinian IV, art and cover Freddie E. Williams II. And this is just fun, fun, fun. I mean, the, the two-page splash sums it up perfectly. Totally awesome team-up, that Leonardo says. <laughs> and it's just a nice, interesting mix of the very, very serious Batman and the over-the-top sort of hilarious nin to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So it just sort of works. That contrast to me is what makes it really work. You have times where Batman's brooding and sitting and planning and coming up with something on his various computer screens. So two, day, two pages later, you have Michelangelo like riding the dinosaur in the Batcave. They snuck into the Batcave. No one else has apparently been able to do this in this world. And there they are, all four of them. He's riding his his dinosaur in the Batcave, his, his prop that he's had there forever. So it's just a totally awesome team up. And <laughs> it's hilarious, the humor in it. Uh, he says, when when Michelangelo is uh, on the dinosaur, he says, this is everything I've ever wanted in my entire life. And Raphael thinks that Batman's a little scary and a little crazy and something's wrong with him. So the dialogue is funny. has a great sense of humor. That mixture, like I said, of very serious to very funny just works. It's just a whole lot of fun. And if you haven't picked this up, you should. It's just really good. And you don't want it to end, but you know it will. There's only six of them, and this is three of six. So next up, coming in at number four, from Image Comics, Spread, number 13, from Justin Jordan, uh, art by Philip Sobrero, which is, I think, a just a fill-in artist, matter of fact, or maybe a couple of, uh, he's done a couple issues. But uh, this is the origin story of a main character in here, Jackie, that is with our primary character, No, and the baby. And remember, this is the strange world where this spread virus is killing everything, but some people are immune to it. And it's made the world a very dark and strange place, much like, say, The Walking Dead, where people are, it's just changed society in a really bad way. And so it's almost like the virus has become the secondary thing that you are that you fear. It's really what how people have turned. But this shows the origin of this story, Jackie. And it's a really interesting, like, messed up tale of his, like, upbringing. Um, but it but ultimately has a story there which shows the love of his father and the love he has for his father He's like uh, I want to say it's sort of like Irish or Scottish a big difference, but they don't really tell you what's happening um, It does work for British steel. So maybe he's just British but a uh, couple of gingers and <laughs> they show him as a kid he'd, he'd been bullied and he's always just trying to make his father proud. He, he at a very young age, starts working in construction with his dad. He's always looking for his dad's approval. And when he lifts something heavy, he's looking at his dad. And, and then he, from there, sort of takes this wrong turn. Starts trying to make a fast buck. And their family's basically poor and has a lot of mouths to feed. And he's trying to help his dad, who it seems like his dad always has just bad luck in life. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a heartwarming uh, tale there. It's a little bit sad, and but you, you know that everything he's doing is to make his dad proud. And he joins the military, and so it's just like this adventure of his life. And then you even get a little origin of the spread, because he was thrown in prison for doing what he does. He 
joined like a biker gang. He was like stealing stuff in the military. He just started taking all these bad turns. His, uh, he went to his father's funeral. It's it's just this tale of of uh, you know father and son. And always those kind of stories always hit me pretty hard. And then the spread hits. He's trapped in prison and he's trapped with five or six other inmates. This bomb goes off and sets the spread across the world and he's left there. And he luckily has water in the toilet, but nothing to eat, so he eats the other inmates. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. I know in the last issue handled like rape, and this was handling like cannibalism. So it's definitely bold and taking some turns there that make you go, whoo! And I like that, controversial in a way, but uh, interesting storytelling. So, neat to see this origin of the spread virus itself and this origin of the character Jackie, so done extremely well. And next up is uh, number three, the top three now, is from Image Comics, Low, on uh, issue number 11, from uh, Rick Remender, and uh, art by Greg Ticini, who uh, was the, the cover winner, fantastic cover winner on Low, and this is a story of, uh, like, way in the future where the earth is so messed up that everyone has to live underwater, and these underwater cities are on the brink of losing all their oxygen, running out of food. And so there's a small faction of people that are trying to make their way to the surface because they've been living so deep underwater for so long. And there's all these these gangs and warring creatures that make it sort of difficult just to make your way to the surface. But the nice part about issue number 11 here is it's a fantastic retelling. It There is a great previously on, uh, which brings you right up to date. And there's even a moment where the twin sisters are reflecting on what happened, like how they lost their father in in this there was a warring faction his father made this awesome like mech uh, scuba diving suit that only that can only be worn by people with the DNA of their family and the, the, they're twins that are finally back together and now they want to find their mom to just sort of bring their family together and they're back in their old homes they've kind of gone full circle they started in this house and you see their family and now so much time has passed the girls are adults now, and their mom is gone, their dad has passed, their father, their brother was was killed, uh, helping them, the twin daughters, escape. So it's just a kind of a great jumping on point, but you miss so much if you just jump on here. The art is like very dense, very thick, very packed. There's a lot of very small, wonderful details in the art from the facial experience uh, or expression of the one sister that's crying, that doesn't want to talk about her family and how everything went but the other sister's hell-bent on having her talk about it, so they're having one of those moments. And the bubbles, the holograms of all the, the family moments are around their family home, and they, the, mo and they le the mother left them on lock, where they can't turn them off, like she knew that someone would be there eventually, the daughters may come back there and force them to remind them, like, what this is all about and why you're trying to help save the world by going to the surface. So this story was very complicated and at times you sort of don't know what's going on and there's a lot of new characters they constantly introduce and this was a great issue to sort of encapsulate recap everything to kind of get you back on track to know exactly where you need to go from here so this is a great turning point for this comic and that's why I'm definitely going to continue on it's on the pull list and continues to be consistent but I like how it's put everything together here to have it all make sense so that's why it's number three low number eleven and the number two comic book of the week was Batman 49. This was the art winner uh, from DC Comics, Batman 49. You have Scott Snyder uh, with help in writing from James Tinian. And the Yannick Paquette is the artist. But again, a team of three 
from inked by Walter Simonson and colored by Laura Martin. So a, a team of artists here do a fantastic job. Looks very J.H. Williams like Batwoman. Look at some of that. J.H. Williams sells his individual art for a ton of money on jhwilliams.com if you want to ever see some gorgeous art. And this is kind of showing the multiverse of Batman at first, which... You know, I'm not into their continuity in all of the multiverse of Batman. I just want a good Batman story. So I was a little lost in some of this, but I got the gist quickly that there's these other, other Batman or different versions of Batman in the multiverse, and they're being referenced here for what, what at first you sort of don't know why. Like, why are they referencing the uh, other universes? But you flash quickly back to Alfred pleading Bruce Wayne to not be Batman again so basically his memory is coming back or starting to come back and he knows that he would have put fail safes things in place with some advanced technology to restore his memory which is insane and that he would sort of he's kind of remembering the passwords but but the the begging and the pleading of Alfred for him to just not go back to that life to just try to live a happy life he has a girlfriend and he's happy and he's kind of in love Bruce is that in, in that regard and it's just sort of sad. It's heart-wrenching. I, I felt it here. You're like, it's like a father just telling his son not to go back to war is what it felt like to me. And he's on his hand, Alfred's on his hands and knees, like just begging him, like, please don't. And even when he, he doesn't want him to say it, like, don't say it. And he's, and Bruce does, he's like, I'm Batman. And it just makes this, it just this gut-wrenching look on Alfred's face of just sadness. And then you're, you're like, wow, I'm like, oh, I gotta shake that off. But they do in going back to the multiverse again with a different Batman. Like, this guy's a sort of bat engineer, and there's uh, various other players, and his outfit looks totally different, where it's like white and orange, and he has a little baby, and it's, uh, it's uh, you know, interesting little glimpse of the multiverse. But he's riding like a, a bat Harley in the sky. So, <laughs> like a sort of a mini bat Harley jet and his suit is white and orange and weird looking but interesting and he's riding it on like a, one of those wheels that flies through the sky and and he has a daughter and a baby and yet the world is crushing here so they slowly start to kill the multiverse of these Batman in the restoring of Batman's memory so I thought interesting take there that it made me had to, had to kind of reread it to kind of understand it uh, conceptually but interesting writing that Scott Snyder went here, showing these different Batmen through different multiverses, yet the more his memory starts to return to him, the more the Batverse <laughs> is crumbling and falling. He has a little bit of that that um, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, like as a memory is being erased, his new memory is being uh, re-engineered and completed, His like the memory of the multiverse is disappearing. But, uh, and yeah, spoiler, of course, that ultimately he's on this memory-restoring machine, and he, and wow, and the look on his face when he's back is priceless. You have to see it. <laughs> so, uh, that's why it was my number one, or number two. It was, it was extremely good. I almost made number one. It was a tough to pick between the two, but, uh, that's my number two. And the number one is Harrow County. Uh, Harrow County is another one. Uh, if you haven't got this yet, please go out and get it. It's, I think there's already a trade for the first one through six or something, and this is issue nine from Dark Horse Comics by Colin Bunn and uh, guest artist Carla Speed McNeil and uh, colors by Jen Manley Lee. So nice work for being kind of fill-in artists uh, or guest artists, we'll say. 
But this one, you're quickly introduced to this horrible new bad guy that like comes off this train, grabs this bird that's flying by, cuts a bunch of holes in it, and uses it as a flute. That's right, a bird flute. <laughs> so you're like, okay, ultimately this is a very twisted bad guy who's using animals as instruments. <laughs> he's blowing into this bird, and it's tweeting noises or something, and he's walking down the street like the Pied Piper with his... Uh, dead bird flute so yeah whoa you're like haunting twisted I, I dug it I, I felt it the emotion from it like ooh, like gave you a little bit of the chills and then the uh, the skin boy skin kid that is protecting our main character the young girl that is a witch but has made peace with the town she lives in and her twin sister is warring with her this is kind of a like time out from the war and the skin kid is trying to he kind of protects her at night, and he hears the whistling of the bird flute, and goes to find the man. He is like this, his skin is like a separate personality, and his body is uh, doesn't talk, and so like it's uh, his, you can tell it's like a fragmented version of his memory. And as he finds the flute playing guy, you get a sense of he knew the original witch that was killed on the tree that birthed the two twin girls so I thought wow this is going further back into the origin of that primary witch that the town killed and hung and buried by the tree this man may have known her here he could be a player in this war he could be want to take out both daughters you're not sure and he has pickled pig feet that he lures in the kid with uh, as a snack I mean even in the sound effects and describing it and the schlunk and the schlop noises that it makes uh, it's gross. I mean, I have nothing really against pig's feet, but just the sound effects from it and the way it looks is drawn in this kind of gross way. It's, 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 it's fun. It's well done. It's descriptive. It's, you can smell it almost. And he is sort of manipulating Skin Boy. He's twisting him. He makes him believe that he needs to know what his name is, that he needs to find out who he is because his memory is, is Swiss cheesed. And you get a sense that he's just recruiting her, recruiting Skin Boy away from her. Like he's definitely out to do bad in this town in towards our main character but in in the manipulation of this you really see how the skin boy is a kid how you know he's this sort of demon that's separated his skin from his body or whatever and but you get a sense that it's just this naive boy and this man sort of taking an advantage of taking advantage of him and you just I just felt like this oh this like they're building a, a good bad guy, which I like when they do. But you're like, oh, this this is this kid is it's just a kid, and he's you know he died in a horrible way, and he brings him back to his original, like the original home, to a kid that looks kind of just like him, and he this evil man is still pushing him, telling him you need to know your name. They stole your name, and sort of drives the skin boy to being really angry, and haunting this haunting the dreams of this kid that's in his old house. So it evoked some serious emotions here of like this man taking advantage of this young boy and is he again stealing the boy and turning him against her and because the main character the girl kind of wants to just live in peace in this small town and she's having a hard time of course with her evil twin sister but just a haunting tale it's creepy oh and the and the end story about how this kid has an imaginary friend you have to always read these little end stories because the the artist Tyler Crook, the normal artist, actually writes a page or two at the very very end and oh my gosh, 
talk about creepy. This young boy has like this imaginary friend that lives in this front yard and he leaves the house one day and the imaginary friends that look like ghosts have to stay there and he as he gets way older and decides to visit that house again the imaginary friends are still there and they're friends with the new people living in the house and it's did nothing really bad happen but just creepy right that an imaginary friend would live and stay at this house and look ghost-like like oh but nice little bonus at the end, right? That's why it makes the number one. Not all of them work, those little end stories, but this one really did. And, and fulfilling that ultimately creepy, <laughs> haunting story that is Harrow County. So, fantastic. That's why it's the number one, Harrow County. So, uh, that's going to do it for the uh, the show. Thank you so much for listening. Please email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. If you have questions or you want, say, a personal comic book recommendation, so hit me up there. And, of course, don't forget, enter in the Sunspots Comics mystery box. Just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. Write a little positive blurb, and you're automatically entered. And uh, the MSRP, retail value of that box, is definitely beyond $75. It's going to have some cool comic book stuff in there. So if you'd like to potentially win the mystery box, please sign up. But anyway, that's our show. And uh, again, I'll put a little fun audio nugget as I always do. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it and hope you have a good rest of day, week, night, whatever you're doing. And thanks again for listening to Sunspots Comics Podcast Issue 41. Have a good one. Here comes the blurb. Dang, Skippy. Where are my manners? Introductions. Call me Deadpool. It rhymes with no school. Too cool, ain't no fool, and I'm the best that there is at what I do. Cool. Moving on.